You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. Hey, if you've got your Bibles, turn to John chapter 11. We're going to dive into the Word of God today. And I love this moment right here where Jesus says a great statement for us to learn and know and study, where he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. If that's your story, you now live in Christ. Just raise your hand high like, I'm so happy that I am saved. Amen. Let me pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you for the opportunity to follow Jesus. We thank you for this good news that Jesus rose from the dead. We thank you that the grave is empty and that Jesus today is alive and at work and that we have resurrection life in us. And we love you. We'd rather be here than anywhere else, God. We'd rather be celebrating Jesus than being anywhere. And so we honor you and we love you and we give you praise. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I took my family this week to go see uh, the movie Paul. And, uh, you know, we're watching this movie. And and honestly, it's this, this incredible story of a man who had Jesus appear to him on the road to Damascus and Jesus forever transforms, changes Paul's story. In other words, when Jesus appears to you and you have a personal encounter with Jesus, your story is never the same. All of us have a story. And all of us are deciding how much the good news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, how much it's going to impact, change, redirect, empower our lives. And I was watching as as he went through just beatings and had this this resolution that he was gonna finish his race. He was gonna be all that Jesus had called him to be. And in the movie, they're showing the story of the early Christians in Rome. And and honestly, it's, it's mind blowing. Like when you look at these early Christians that went to their death and and, and just the, 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 the harshness of, the graphicness of the way that they, these early Christians lost their lives as Nero kind of just treated them like trash. And yet there had to be, there had to be this conviction. There had to be this, he is risen. There had to be this, he is real. There had to be this, his story has transformed my story. And my story isn't mostly four or five or six or seven or 10 different things that kind of make up me. But instead, uh, I once was lost, but now I see. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. I once was living for me, but now Jesus is my story. I mean, my story kind of got altered. My story no longer is it about my desires and my needs and all that I'm trying to do and my success and my me. me. It's, it's, it's Jesus. Jesus is my future and Jesus is my life and Jesus is who I want and And we read that as we look at the lives of the apostles, once they had these these encounters with Jesus, like personal encounters, that's my aim for you today is that you would have this personal encounter with Jesus where you would say, hey, there's a lot to my story, but far beyond all the different components that make up my story, I got one thing that is... (laughs) That is it. One thing that is huge. One thing that's transformed me. One thing that's changed me. I love the the new craze, the new 
Instagram story thing. You know, I had a guy call me last week and say, hey, David, I got an area in your life that needs work. And I was like scared, you know, like, oh no, this is a confrontation. And he said, you got a pitiful Insta story. I was like, oh, thank God. That's all this phone call is. You know, like I got a pitiful Insta story. But I was just thinking about, man, I I love the, the story of, hey, this is, my, this is my $5 coffee. Hey, this is the bike that I'm riding. Hey, this is my, this is my outfit of the day. Hashtag OTD. Is that right? Hashtag OTD. I mean, this is, this is my, th- did I get it wrong? This is my story. <laughs> Before, I got it wrong. Before, outfit of the day. Uh, but far more than any of those things, it's, it's, it's just that, that, that we would have such an encounter with him that we would say, Jesus is my story. I was reading... I was reading about the, the story of Fanny Crosby, who, 1820, she's born, and, and when she was only six weeks old, she had a doctor that, that you know, did it wrong and put, put a solution in her eyes that, instead of helping her with her sickness, actually blinded her. And, and then her father died when she was a, a baby, and, and so you got this little baby, and she's blind, and she's just got a, her father's died in pretty tough circumstances, and by the time she died at age 84, she had written 8,000 songs. And her most popular one, the one that most of us have sung before is, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. In the midst of blindness, in the midst of losing your father, there is a story that is her story more than the circumstance, and it's this, Jesus is my story. Well, there's a lot to know about me. Yeah, I'm blind, and yeah, I've lost my dad. But let me tell you, this is my story. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And I just want us today to be reminded of the glorious Savior that we serve, where we've got a story like, Jesus, you are my story. Yeah, I, I'm so tempted to have my shame, my sadness, my, my frustration, my circumstance, my sickness, something else be what I talk about, maybe even what I sing about. But if it be true that you really are who you say you are and you really are resurrected and I really do have resurrection power in me and Jesus did live perfectly, die on a cross, raised from the dead. My story is not so much my car. My story is not so much my debt. My story is not so much how I look or any of those things. All those things are true about me, but the most true thing is Jesus is my story. Jesus is my song, praising Jesus all the day long. I want to fix my eyes on the risen Savior. It's that Billy Graham quote just a moment ago. It's what changes everything. It's the best news in the world. Matthew 16, it's one of my favorite moments because Jesus asks questions. And, you know, as a dad, I like to ask my kids questions because I, I, can, I can teach them all day long, you know, but when I ask them questions, I get to finally hear what's really going on in their, in their lives and their hearts. And, you know, you never know what you're going to get when you ask questions. But it's this moment, Matthew 16, where Jesus is not far from embracing the cross and he looks at his disciples and he, and he says, okay, well... People say a lot of things about me. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they come back and they say, well, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Jeremiah. Hmm. Jesus looks at him and goes, okay. He goes, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And here's the amazing thing. Jesus looks back 
at Peter. Peter jumps up and he makes this proclamation when he says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus goes, well, blessed are you, sign of son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by a man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock will build my church. And I want you to hear that dialogue because I love that dialogue because deep in it is this question. So everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a way that they're seeing things and everybody's got a way that they're seeing me, Jesus says. And who do people say that the son of man is? Well, you're, you are Jeremiah, you're John the Baptist. <laughs> and Jesus goes, no, he likes those people. He's going, I like John. Yeah, it's my cousin. He's a good man. I like him. I like Elijah. Going to hang out with him in the next chapter, Mount of Transfiguration. And I like him. I, I like those guys, but they got this, those people have the story wrong. I am not, I am not, I am not them. And they had a, a wrong story. And we've got people, you might even be in this room today where you've just believed a wrong story. And it's all through our culture. It's, Mike Tyson says he can beat up Jesus. He's got a wrong story, right? I mean, John Lennon said that the Beatles are more popular than Jesus. He's got a wrong story, Right? People got a wrong story. And then I think it's interesting that there are some disciples that we just don't hear a response. Like they're just silent. They don't say anything. Like nothing. Like we don't know. I mean, maybe there is conversation that we don't have recorded in the gospels, but at least what's recorded, we don't have a response. We don't have an insert of, mm, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. I mean, we don't have that. And I think our culture is filled with that. I just don't know. I just, I'm just quiet. I just don't have an opinion. I just don't speak up. I just don't, I, I don't know. There is no story. I don't necessarily have a wrong story, but I've got no story. And the dream today is that we would lock eyes with Jesus and like Peter, we would know who Jesus is and say, you are the Christ. And we kind of know that and we kind of know it as Bible terms. But in that moment, this is, this is Peter saying, hear everything. You are the anointed one. You're the Messiah. You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And there's this enthusiasm in Jesus when he looks back at Peter and declares to him, ah, you know who I am. Let me declare to you who you are. And you know Jesus' story. You'll start to figure out your story. You know who Jesus is. You get it so locked in and I've got a story. My story is, well, not so much my height, not so much my hair, not so much... What I like, my story. Yeah, all those things are true. All those things. Yeah, I'll fill out the profile. I'll put it in my Insta story. Those things, those things are true about me. But here is the thing that dominates my story. Praising my Savior all the day long. Jesus, Jesus, you're my story. And I know you hear that today. And there's some of you today that, man, you think, I don't know that that's where I'm at. I don't know that I could even imagine that. I don't know that I could be there. I just came here today because, you know, <laughs> I just, I got a friend that made me come. He's paying for my lunch, you know, like I, I don't, but here's this. Jesus doesn't just make a macro statement when he comes back, right? It's not just this, hey, I'm back. It's, it's not just a public declaration. He has private conversations. And John records private conversations. It's one of the reasons I love John. I love hanging out in the gospel of John because you hear interaction. So you want to really read the teaching of Jesus, read Matthew. You want to 
you want to really lock in with something fast and speedy and moving forward and get kind of the brief notes, man, you read Mark. You, you want to get detail. Luke was a doctor and he wrote some detail. And Luke, you want to get kind of conversation in heart, read some John. And John goes into personal conversation and he goes, uh, let me show you. Let me show you how the resurrected Savior doesn't just come back and make public declarations, but he has personal conversations. My prayer for you today is that there would be this moment where a personal conversation with a resurrected Savior would change your life. Where a conversation with a resurrected Savior, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what your circumstance is, and that your circumstance wouldn't define you, but that Jesus would define you. And I'm not saying the rest of your story goes away. I'm just saying that Jesus becomes your predominant story. Jesus becomes, this is who I am. Look at this. I want to give you a few of them. First one is he shows up in John chapter 20 after raising from the dead, and he appears to Mary. So let's read it together. It says, now, uh, verse 11, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. And at this, Jesus turned around and saw, at this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I'll get him. And Jesus said, Mary. And she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not ascended to my father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father. Tell, my, tell to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had, seen, that, that she, that he had said these things to her. So I want you to picture Mary. She goes to the tomb. Luke tells us that Mary had been delivered from eight demons, that Mary had a rough past. And Mary starts following Jesus, and Jesus has become Mary's story. Now, she's, she's put her whole hope. And all of a sudden, the one that she followed and trusted and believed, now he's dead dies like a common criminal. I want you to see the encouragement and the compassion of Jesus when he shows up and has a personal face-to-face -face conversation with Mary. He didn't come back on some kind of big statement. It's the first time we see him, he's having conversations with individuals. Like he's talking to people. There's lots of them. He's just having dialogue. I want you to see this in your Savior and I, because, I don't, because I want you to catch it that he cares for you like that. I want you to catch it. I don't, man, when it's just kind of like what the preachers talk about and what the singers sing about and what the authors write about and what other people talk about, it's so different than when you are face to face and he's your Lord and your God and he's talked to you. There's this moment where Jesus shows up to Mary and he says her name. And what is it about when he says her name, that he, she recognizes it, Mary. I just want you to hear Jesus say your name today. And he has all power, knows all things, and can look right at you and say your name.
And here she is in tears in her sorrow. And the good news of Jesus raising from the dead is the good news that, hey, he is who he said he was. And he is the savior. And he did raise from the dead. And this does change history. And whoo, I've got a reason to be forever happy, forever joyful, forever celebrate. And Jesus Jesus visits her in her sorrow. Jesus visits her in her sadness. Jesus comes face to face with a broken lady who'd been delivered from demons. And Jesus was all she had left. And her story is not, hey, this is my talent. This is my donkey. These are my clothes. This is my food. Her story is, this is my Savior. Praising my Savior all the day long. I was, I had some demons. I was messed up. I had no hope. But now you want to know my story? Well, Jesus is my story. And Jesus looks at a broken, weak, delivered Mary and says, now go tell the apostles. And Mary goes to the apostles. I got good news. He's alive. And Jesus will find you today in your sorrow and in your sadness. And there's probably sitting in this room so many people that life didn't turn out quite like you'd hoped. Not quite as good looking as you thought you were going to be. Not quite as rich and famous as you had hoped. People let you down a little bit more than you'd expected. And maybe the best thing that could happen for you today is just allow your Savior to lock eyes with you. Hey, call you by name. Mary. And in the midst of your disappointment, your sorrow, your sadness. And then Jesus, the very next few verses, he shows up to Thomas. And Thomas has a different story. Thomas has been a follower. But now Jesus ties on a cross like a criminal. And then it's interesting because here in the text, we find that Jesus appears to the disciples, but Thomas isn't there. How many of you, that's you, you're like, Everybody else seems to be having these God encounters, and here I am like, what? <laughs> well, how, how, I feel left out. And Jesus shows up to Thomas and meets him right in the midst of his skepticism. Look at this. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Jesus had just come. So the other disciples told him, hey, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. And Thomas was with them. Through the door, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to, them, then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Now reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And then Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Some of you have a different story. Maybe it's not sorrow. Maybe you've been a, maybe you're pretty impressed with your own intellect. (laughs) 
You made a good grade on your ACT. You did good in college. You read some books. You can blog. <laughs> and you're like, hey, you know, I got a reason. And what I love about Jesus is that the very thing that Thomas says, unless I, and then Jesus comes and says, okay, okay, Thomas, here, put your hand right here. And in a face-to-face -face encounter, in a personal encounter, skeptic becomes the worshiper. The skeptic becomes the surrendered. What? <sighs> my Lord and my God. And how many of us will have all the circumstances and all the intellectual knots and all the reasons why I will not believe. And I'm not going to just take your story or your book or your idea, but I'm telling you that moment where the resurrected Savior who is alive today knocks on your door. The day that you are standing in church and you start seeing he's alive, he's alive, and Jesus reveals himself to you and you go, man, maybe life is a lot better serving a creator, serving a God who loves me and delights in me instead of serving myself. Maybe it's not, maybe I, maybe it's not about me. You have a savior who will come calling on you today. And the truth is, is that a lot of times behind that skepticism is a wound, it's pain. And Jesus has experienced more than you. And that moment where you can just say, my Lord and my God, your story becomes <laughs> good news. You don't have to live on your own power and your own strength. You don't have to live on your own wealth and your own fame. You don't have to live on your own success. Your story is, did you know that Jesus, God, came, lived, died for me, rose from the dead, and now I will never die. I've got eternal life in Christ. That pales in comparison to your ACT score. That pales in comparison to all the things that you've got in your head. And it's good news. Jesus, he wants to have an encounter, a face-to-face -face moment with you. And then there's the one that's my favorite because I'm a, I'm a church brat. I grew up in church. And uh, so I love this final story in John 21 where Jesus locks eyes with one of his followers. And Peter had been the guy that was pretty confident in his own ability to follow. Peter had been the one who was one of the followers who said, hey, Jesus, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I'm with you to the end. I don't know about these boys, but I'm your boy. I'm your huckleberry. I got you. I'm with you. That old boy, John, I can't stand the way he's always lovey-dovey, but I'm tough. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't know what I think about Thomas, but Jesus, me? I'm in. And then he looks and says, Jesus, I'll follow you unto prison and unto death. Ever been there? Church camp? <sighs> With you. Yeah. I don't know about all those other youth group kids, but you can count on me, baby. 
Jesus between you and me. Those guys, they're all making out and they're all sinners. But man, right here, doctor of purity. You're laughing because you know it. Bunch of church brats. And so, and Peter goes, man, I'm with you. And then Peter faces his own pain where he, in the, in the, the moment after Jesus is arrested, he denies him three times. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. And Peter's story is a little bit different because Peter's story is, why? Why couldn't I come through? Oh, and, and it's one of sincerity because he meant it. He wasn't putting on a facade. Man, he, was, he, was, he started off ready, like pulling out swords, cutting off ears. Let's go. Started off. I'm, I'm there. I denied him. I denied him. I denied him. I can't do it. I can't, me, I can't do it. I, I'm pathetic, I'm, I, oh, I can't, me, me, I can't, me, 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 I can't, I, I. <laughs> and in John 20, he's there in the room. It's so interesting because Jesus already appeared to Peter and he, and when he appeared to all the disciples. But there's this last one that John records, which is in John 21. And I'm just gonna tell you the story because it's this moment where Jesus shows up on the beach. Peter's been fishing, he's gone back. John 21, 3 says that he's going, he says to the other disciples, I'm going fishing. And most scholars think he's just saying, I'm going back to what I used to know. You know, I don't know if I can cut it. <laughs> I don't know if I can be an apostle. I don't know if I can go be the disciple. I, I am not what I thought I was. Guess I can't cut it. And I love that Jesus shows up on the beach, familiar place, the place that he originally called Peter. Follow me. Here's Peter. Now they've already had some life together. And Peter's fallen short. And Jesus has rose from the dead. And Jesus locks eyes with him. And three times he says, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Personal encounter. John 21. And Jesus is saying, yeah, but I want you to know that I know that you love me. You're not done yet, Pete. Yeah, but I fell short. I just, I can't, it's too painful. I'm, you're great. I'm not, I'm done. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is this thing about me or is this about you? Oh, it's about you. Peter, do you remember I told you, I, I told you way back in Matthew 16. Remember I told you. I told you I was going to use you. Remember that? On this rock, I'll build my church. Remember? I got, I got plans for you. I, well, you just, I'm with, come on. Yeah, but Jesus, I fell short. I don't have, oh, 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 shut up, Peter. Lock eyes with me. Three times you denied me with your lips, but three times you just declared, I'm a lover of God. I'm a lover of God. I'm a lover of God. And Peter, Though you feel all kinds of shame, I'm a living savior. And this isn't about you. This is about me. And Peter, my favorite verse, those who look to me are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. And Jesus visits Peter in his shame and turns around a weak fisherman, helps him get his eyes back on who Jesus is and so he can go. Hey, Peter, I'm gonna... I'm gonna need you to kind of get out of this shame mess because I got a mission for you. It's called Book of Acts. 
got a sermon to preach in Acts 2. Listen, you got a living Savior, and He is risen. And it's more than just an Instagram. It's more than just a macro announcement. It is a macro announcement. He has risen. It is forever historical. It is forever true. We forever believe it. But in addition to that big macro statement, it's a personal conversation. out of your sadness, call you out of your skepticism, call you out of your shame. He's alive. He is risen. It's not about you. It's about him. And if it's about him, well, I got a song to sing. This is my story. This is my song. Apart from all, all the things that are true about me, I got one thing that is my story. It's a person. His name is Jesus. Amen? Will you bow your heads with me? If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radiant Church, please click Give on our website, radiantchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radiant Church? Check out radiantintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.